Hey, Willow family, I am so excited to uh, continue in this great series. Um, I'm so excited. Pastor Dave, last week, he did such a phenomenal job uh, walking through this passage with Elijah. We're coming back to that same passage um, in 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're going to 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to start reading around verse 3, but but first I just want to make a couple of comments. So thankful for Pastor Dave. Um, and he was so gracious to offer up my phone number last week. And I, I thought about, man, how could I thank him uh, so much for inviting everyone to call me? And I just know his heart uh, already there, new in the city. He would just love for people just to spontaneously stop by his home. Um, I know he would appreciate people just coming over. Um, and he feels love when you come over at odd times of the day because it lets you know that you really, really care and that you really, really need him. So we're going to put his home address here in, in the feed, put it in right there. And would you just feel the freedom to go by um, and say hi and drop random things off on his front porch and ring the doorbell and, and just leave? Because uh, he, just, he just wants to hear the doorbell ring and then just run away um, uh, or, or bring people over. Um, th- I think that'll, be, that'll bless his life. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't know. No, that's, that's not his real address. Don't go there. That could, it could, something really bad could happen. Uh, but let, let's go to the word of God. First Kings, First Kings chapter 19, verse 3. Here it is. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judea, in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush, and fell asleep. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this word. We pray that you would speak to us like only you can. Would you tune our ear to your voice so that we might hear you ever so clearly? Would you turn our hearts toward you so that we might experience the fullness of all that you have for us? God, it's to that end that I ask that you would stand in my body, think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords, those things you would have us say, know, and do. May the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, you are my strength. You are my redeemer. Get glory in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in this series, uh, we, we want to encourage you to kind of get out of your mind a little bit uh, with the weight and the worry and the burden of everything that's going on with the pandemic, the social uprising of the injustice that we're seeing literally on our screens. We're seeing it in real time. In the midst of that, we want to make sure that you're taking care of your soul. As we, as we stay safe and fight for healthy families, we want you to stay for, care for your soul. As we fight against injustice and as we stand in opposition against racism, we want you to take care of your soul. Uh, we find here, I mean, to be honest, Elijah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't pick the series. I'm new to the teaching pastoral role, so I, I, I hadn't weighed in yet. This is probably going to be one of the most depressing, discouraging series you've ever had in your life. I mean, just read that. Like, he, it ended up with him going to sleep up under a tree and saying, I want to die. It, who picked this? Dave, is this how you really want to start? You want to start the series with us stressed out and land up under trees? <laughs> you know what? 
to be honest, I think this is the best way for us to start. You know why? Because this is our reality. And, and sometimes we have a hard time talking about having a hard time. Sometimes we have a hard time as believers and in Christian spaces, we have a hard time talking about when we're discouraged. Have a hard time talking about when we're overwhelmed. We, 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 we act as if mourning and hope can't live together, but it really can. So I appreciate our ability to sit in texts like this and talk about when we are mentally overwhelmed, when our minds are overwhelmed and exhausted and tired and unhealthy. When we navigate imbalance. Where's my faith when I'm in depression? Where's my faith when I'm sad? Where's my faith in the midst of discouragement? So I'm actually excited to talk about this subject because we don't talk about it enough. And there's a slight shame. There's a, there's a shame that goes with sadness, with discouragement, with depression. There's, there's, a, there's this kind of a shaming and a guilt because I feel bad because as a Christian, I'm supposed to always be hopeful, but you can be sad and hopeful at the same time. You can be discouraged and hopeful at the same time. We see it over and over again, but you just need to know overwhelmingly from your leaders here that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be okay. Elijah was not okay. You can tell from the text, he wondered if his life even mattered. He wondered if his life had worth. For the next few moments, I just want to talk a little bit about how do you find worth when you feel like your life is worthless? You hear his confession. He said, it'll be easier for me to die than to try to overcome this. Pastor Dave talked about those suicidal thoughts. And if, if that's anywhere near your mind, I want you to tell you, don't you hesitate one second to reach out for help. Don't you hesitate one second to reach out and call us and to signal someone you love or even the pastoral team here at the church. We gladly stand with you. Our counseling ministry will gladly stand with you. Don't allow those thoughts just to orbit around unchecked. Elijah was in that moment. I I just want to give you three tips, three ways to find worth when you feel like your worth. Your, your, your life is worthless. Three ways to find worth when you feel like your life is worthless. Number one, you find worth in community. You find worth in community. Elijah, he did it. He missed it. He missed an opportunity. Look at it with me. Verse, verse four, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He left his servants while he himself went into a day's journey in the wilderness. Listen, you don't, if you don't go through the wilderness, you, you don't go by yourself. If you're going to go through the wilderness, don't you go by yourself. When you are feeling overwhelmed and discouraged, now's not the time to opt into isolation. Now's not the time to go and I just need a bunch of alone time. I get needing to be by yourself. Listen, I, I used to think I was an extrovert until I got quarantined with my family. I am an introvert. I'm telling you, I have been converted by corona. I, so I get the value of just self-quiet time. But no, he went on a journey in the wilderness by himself. Worst thing you can do is go for a long time in isolation and not invite people to sit with you in what you're sitting in. 
Worst thing you can do is go through a long journey and not invite people to sit with you in what you're sitting in. Invite people to sit with you. Invite people to sit with you. Now, can I just give you some tips on how to invite people to sit with you and to sit with you in a way that's healthy? Uh, Sit with you, don't rush you, and don't fix you. The temptation sometimes is, sometimes, and I feel this, I feel this. When I'm sitting with a friend that's going through a hard time, I have a tendency to want to try to rush them through the process, to try to get them to feel better quickly. My job when I'm sitting with someone that's going through a hard time, my job isn't to try to get them to feel better. My job is just to be with them. Get people and just tell them, hey, I don't need you to fix me. I don't need you to get me to feel better. I just need you to be with me. Come on, can we be honest? Sometimes we want them to hurry up and feel better because we ourselves don't like the discomfort of sitting with someone that's going through something hard. So we don't want them to rush through it so that they can be better. We want them to rush through it so that we can be comfortable. Because it's uncomfortable sitting with somebody that's going through a hard time. And it's hard just to listen and to be. You don't believe me? Ask Job's friends. They listened for a while, but then they started talking. And oh, Lord, the whole thing just got worse when they started talking. Know how to sit with people. If you're going to go through the wilderness, find worth by having people with you that can see you, that can support you, that can encourage you right where you are. My job ain't to fix you in this season. My job is to be with you and to encourage you. One of my favorite, favorite, um, favorite uh, Broadway shows is um, Hamilton. Gotta be in the room when it happens, the room when it happens, the room when it happens. Gotta be in the room when it happens. I love that. I love that. Because being in the room matters. You need some people that can be in the room with you when it happens. But let me tell you something. Jesus would tell you, Jairus' daughter, when she, passed, when, she, when she died and they thought she was dead and they, they, they were soon discovered that she was just asleep. Remember when, when Jesus and Jairus finally got to the house? They got to the house. Everybody thought she was dead. They were mourning her death. And Jesus says, why are you crying? She is not dead. She is just asleep. And they laughed Jesus out of the room. They just laughed. And Jesus kicked everybody out the room. He said, everybody out. And he only took in Jairus, mom, and the people that came with Jesus. Because everybody can't be in the room where it happens. Some rooms, you just need people that can believe God with you. Some rooms, you just need people that are just going to have faith with you. Some rooms, you just need your prayer warriors. They need to be in the room where it's happening. Don't go through the wilderness by yourself. Elijah! Don't go by yourself because it's in community where people can believe God with you, can pray with you, can sit with you. It is there where you can find worth when you feel like your life is worthless. The next thing, next thing we see, watch this, uh, verse 4. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough. Lord, he said. He sat down under the broom bush and prayed that he might die. When you're looking for worth, you need to be real careful with where you sit. Elijah, I would encourage you, don't just sit under the broom bush. Sit under the presence of God. Sit in the presence of God. 
Now ain't the time just to sit in yourself, to sit in your feelings, to sit in your thoughts. All those things are great. Sit in all those things. Those are beautiful. I'm not encouraging anybody to be in denial, in an unhealthy denial. No, 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 no. Sit in your feelings, sit in your thoughts, sit in your mind. But in the midst of that, invite God's presence in that and say, Lord, in the midst of that, I'm going to sit in your presence. You'll, you'll soon discover when you sit in his presence, God's got a way of getting you out of your feelings, getting you out of your mind and getting you out of the weightiness of the situation. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, you'll find hope. In his presence, you will find peace. So as you're sitting there, uh, here's a question I want to ask. Where are you sitting? Where are you sitting? Are you just sitting in your thoughts? Are you just sitting in your feelings? Are you just sitting in bitterness? Are you sitting in unforgiveness? Are you sitting in anger? Are you sitting in frustration? Are you sitting in his presence? And and, and here's the thing. Bring anger. Bring frustration. Bring all of that in his presence. So to, to, to sit in one is not to negate the other. No, to sit in the one is to surrender the other. Sit in one is to invite God into the other. So bring all of that in there. But just know that in the presence of God, as you get in his presence, he ain't just coming to hang out. He's coming to transform you. If you're encouraged, if you're discouraged, if you're feeling worthless, you'll find worth in his presence. Because it is in his presence that he tells you who you are. He reminds you of who you are in his presence. That's why you got to get in his presence because all the lies of the world will just be radiating around you and just be illuminating around you. You'll see you here and you're sitting under the, uh, under the broom bush, but you're not sitting under the shelter of the almighty God. Sit in his presence because his presence won't lead you to desire death. His presence will lead you to pursue life. I know you're sitting in hard times. I know you're sitting in some difficult situations. I know you're sitting in places of struggle but are you sitting in his presence? Have you invited the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to sit right there where you are? Because as he's in his presence, as you're in his presence, he's going to tell you who you are. He's going to remind you of who you are. I think of Exodus. I think of when the children of Israel came out of the the, the tyranny, the regime of of, of Pharaoh. Um, they They were slaves. And they would work from sunup to sundown all day, every day. And that was their life as a slave. They would work as a slave all day, every day. God calls them out. And although they call him to the, although they go to the wilderness, Exodus 16, they go to the wilderness. But God provides for them in the wilderness. And he does something very interesting. He says, I'm going to provide Manna in the morning, meet at night, and I'm going to do it for six days. But on the seventh day, I'm not, I'm a, I'm not going to provide anything. I'm going to give you double on the sixth day so that way on the seventh day you can rest. Why was that such a big deal to God? Because on that seventh day, I need you to rest because it is in your resting in my presence that I remind you of who you are, that I remind you, here it is, that you're not a slave anymore. Pharaoh had you working every day of the week, and I need to break that rhythm. I need to break that slave rhythm out of your life so every seventh day you are going to rest so that you will know you are no longer under the regime of Egypt and Pharaoh. You are under the kingdom of the Lord God Almighty. I need you to rest so that I might remind you of who you are, and who you are is not a slave. 
Who you are is a son. Who you are, you're a daughter. You are the beloved of God. I need to remind you of who you are so you need to rest. Get in my presence so I can remind you you're not a slave anymore. Elijah, don't just sit under the broom bush. Sit under the presence of the almighty God so he can shout your worth. He can tell you you're not a slave to discouragement. You're not a slave to sadness. You're not a slave to the, to, to the enemies, to fear. You're not a slave. You are a son a beloved son get in his presence so that you might find worth because in his presence he tells you who you are want to find worth if you want to look for worth look in community number two look in his presence sit in his presence thirdly finally if you want to find worth if you want to find worth Verse four, he says, I have had enough, Lord. He said, watch this, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. He says, I've had enough. He says, take my life. He says, because I want to die. I want to die. He says, I've had enough. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I want to die. Elijah makes a confession. He says, I've had enough. I like this part, Elijah. I can go with you here. I can go with you here. Because sometimes I don't think we do this enough at church. I don't think we tell, we, we always, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. If I got into happier, I couldn't stand it. Shut up. Just lying? Sometimes we just lie. We don't, you cried yourself to sleep last night. Come on, tell the truth. You don't feel great today. You feel terrible. Well, see, we've just got a habit of just not confessing the truth. Elijah says, I'm not playing. I'm not trying to make up no so I'm telling you, I have had enough, Lord. Have you ever had that moment? Have you ever been so overwhelmed with the reality of the world that you say, God, I've had enough? Have you ever been so frustrated, so overwhelmed with the weight of the world, with the crisis of the day, that you say, Lord, I've had enough? It's okay to look up to heaven and say, Lord, I've had enough. It's okay to be overwhelmed and say, Lord, I have enough. It's okay not to be okay. Believer, man of God, woman of God, you're still a woman of faith. You're still a man of faith, but you can tell the truth and say, I've had enough. Confess. He says, I've had enough. But here's the deal, Elijah. Here's, here's point number three. You can make the confession, but you don't get to draw the conclusion. You can make the confession, but you don't get to draw the conclusion. He says, I have enough. And then he says, so I've decided, Lord, take my life. I've drawn the conclusion. I know how this ends. No, you don't get to say how it ends. You get to tell the truth about how you feel, but you don't get to say how it ends. The sovereign God almighty gets to dictate the ending of this story. You don't get to write it. You don't get to get tired and to throw in the towel and say, I quit. No, you don't get to quit on God. God didn't quit on you, so you don't get to quit on him. You can make the confession, but you don't get to draw the conclusion because you will soon discover you can find your worth in the confession. 
You can find your worth in confession. Confession literally means it's not just the idea of saying all the bad stuff I did. No, 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 no. Confession is, is it, it literally translates, it's the idea of saying what he says. So I confess what he says. I confess what God declares. So I confess about me what God says about me. So I confess. So that, that's, that's, that's the sin in my life. Yes, God says that's sin. I agree. That's it. But to confess with God is to agree with God. It's to agree with God. And you can find your worth while agreeing with God. In your agreement with God, if you start agreeing with God, make your confession. Don't draw the conclusion. You don't get to dictate how it ends, but you can make the confession. And the confession is, I'm going to agree with God. So whatever God says about me, I'm going to agree with that. It's kind of like this idea. Growing up in Mississippi, we used to love to play this, this game. It's universal all around the world. It's called Simon Says. Simon Says. Now, now, the thing is, Simon was authoritarian. And whatever Simon said, you had to do exactly what Simon said. Simon says go right, you better go right. Simon said go left, you go left. Simon says bunny hop, you better start hopping. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. If Simon didn't say it, you better not do it. Uh, so they'll try to get you. Simon said, go right, go right. Simon said, go left, go left, go left, go left. And if you go, oh, you out. You didn't do what Simon says. That's confession. Every day of my life, I'm going to do what, not what Simon says, because I don't know who Simon is, but I'm going to do what Jesus says. Jesus says, take a step forward. I'm going to take a step forward. Jesus says, go to the right. I'm going to go to the right. Jesus says, go to the left. Jesus, I'm going to go to the left. Jesus says, believe me, I'm good and I'm God. I'm going to believe you, God, because you're good. Jesus says, my life has meaning. So Jesus, I'm going to believe what you said. Jesus says, my life is worth living. So Jesus, I'm going to believe what you said. Jesus says, you should have hope. You should lift up your head. So Jesus, I'm going to lift up my head. Jesus says that no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. Jesus says, greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. Jesus says, I am the I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And if Jesus said it, I'm doing it. I'm going to do what Jesus says. And you will find your worth in what Jesus says because Jesus says you're the head and not the tail. You will be above and not beneath. Jesus says you are his beloved son and daughter. So I'm going to walk in. I'm going to believe in. I'm going to stay in what Jesus said. Come on, church. Let's play Jesus says this week. Let's play Jesus says so that we might find our worth and we don't live our lives feeling as though it is worthless. Because we found worth in community. We found worth in his presence And we found worth in our confession because we agree with what he said. At the end of the passage, he goes to sleep. But he goes to sleep frustrated and overwhelmed. Some of you know what that's like to go to sleep frustrated and overwhelmed. I encourage you. Get in his presence so that he might get you out of your mind and get your mind in his mind. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Because in his mind, as we rest in who he is, he says, come on unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You can sleep. But more than sleep, Elijah, in the presence of God, you can rest. 
you can rest for his glory. Amen. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray that in their sleeping that they find themselves resting. Resting in a community that can point them to God, point them to you, Jesus. Resting in your presence, knowing that in your presence there is fullness of joy, there's healing, there's hope, there's deliverance. But in your presence, there's also an invitation to bring anger, bring sadness, bring depression, bring discouragement. But that they can rest in your presence and they can rest in their confession as we all seek to agree Father, with what you said and what you say about us. So may we find our worth in your presence, in your word, in our community. And may we rest in what you said about our worth and who we are. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Willow.